Comics Quest, where we pave the road for those who want to get into comics but don't know where to start. I'm your host, JD, and today, dear listener, oh boy, uh, I got a pretty amazing guest. I got here the co-host of uh, Recorded Tomorrow. I have the one and only future Jesse himself, Jesse Ferguson, everybody. <laughs> Happy to be here. I will say I am the one and only future Jesse, but I am unfortunately not the one and only Jesse Ferguson. Far, far from it. You're the only Jesse Ferguson that I know okay. and I uh, deeply care okay. about. So, well, thank you. So there you go. You have that. Awesome. You have that on every other Jesse Ferguson. Fuck every Jesse Ferguson. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't actually mean that. <laughs> I'm sure all the other Jesse Fergusons are just fine, except for you. You know which one you are. I don't know why you listen to this podcast. Get the f- other Jesse Ferguson. You can Ferguson. get the hell off of Modern Family, too. Oh God! I forgot that his name is. I forgot about him. Oh yeah. Is that show still I going? I have no idea. I've I've never watched it, for no particular reason. I just never got around to it. Yeah, I just remember watching that and then finding out. Oh, the the guy who's married to Sofia Vergara for some reason was the dad from Married with Children. Totally no, about that. no, that's not true at all. Sofia Vergara is married to, uh, what now? What's his name? No, no, no! In the show, in the oh, show, in the show. Okay, I got gotcha. you. No, Sofia Vergara in the real life is is married to absolute god Joe, Man- Joe, Man- Joe Manganiello. Manganiello. Yeah, that's what his name. I couldn't remember it. Yeah, absolute I god. Wanted to, I wanted and, to say uh, I wanted to say Joe Pantoliano, which is even which is so. Funny. <laughs> I wish. Oh God, we oh, all do. Oh man. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here not here to talk about uh, the modern classic that is Modern Family. Just kidding. Uh, we are in fact talking about a different, actual modern classic, and that is the thirty-issue series Paper Girls, written by Brian K. Vaughn, with art by Cliff Chang, colors by Matt Wilson, and letters by Jared K. Fletcher. Uh, and the basic setup of the story is uh, it follows these four 12-year-old uh, girls who have a paper route, uh, Mac, KJ, Aaron, and Tiffany, uh, on uh, hell morning, November 1st, 1988, as they get sucked into basically a time war involving a lot of weird time travel shit. Uh, to put it mildly. To put it mildly, yeah, there's a lot more that goes on than that, uh, as we will get into. I also I, I want to um, shout out uh, JD here for uh, being able to just spout off the writer, artist, and colorist on this book without having it in front of them or, or looking at all just from memory. That's, that's uh, a skill I don't possess. Well, that's what happens when you have literally no life. <laughs> And you devote your life to memorizing useless bullshit. You are the Griffin Newman of comics. That is the sweetest (laughs) thing anyone has ever said to me. I meant every word of it. Oh, I'm going to be living off the high of that compliment for like the next week. uh, To quote my bud Scott Thomas on last week's episode. 
because um, I called him actor extraordinaire in in a in my introduction he's like i'm gonna be living off the high of that <laughs> if I'm like good if, uh, if you ever have him back on the show which i assume you will because he's amazing oh, I will. Oh, uh, I will. introduce him as psyduck enthusiast scott thomas i and i was so mad i'm actually <laughs> um uh so i have not so as of recording this i have not edited that episode yet but i will be I will be putting in my audio of Psyduck because I was so mad because I was like, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. And then I never said it. And then I texted him later. I was like, I forgot to say Psyduck enthusiast. <laughs> Spoilers, everyone. I, I, I didn't actually say it on recording and I'm very mad at myself for, for I doing assume that. you're going to. And we talked for like, we talked for like half an hour afterward and I just never thought of it. Well, I assume you're going to. And he left and I was like, I assume you're going to cut all this out anyway, so I don't mind saying it. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to cut this out. Excellent. Fuck it. I don't love care. It. Fuck it. We're doing love it live. It. <laughs> you know, that's such a, I'm that's such a fun line, but it I can never say it because it's Bill O'Reilly, and I just, ugh. Fuck that piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill O'Reilly. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Fuck Bill O'Reilly. We're doing it live. Hell yeah. <laughs> wow, this episode's already uh, gone off the rails. All right, here we go. Paper Girls, I love this book. Yes, so a um, little uh, peek behind the curtain. So this is actually our second attempt at recording this episode because of a weird recording mishap. So we're just going to act like that never happened. You can, you can uh, out because the weird recording happen? mishap. It was not a weird recording mishap. It was some asshole forgetting to actually start the recording. Uh, some asshole being me. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to feel like, it was Jesse. <laughs> like, do I throw him under the bus? Do I not? Like, no, nah, dude, I'll jump under the bus. For I that mean, one. <sighs> yeah. Okay. You can jump under the bus. I don't give a shit. So, yeah. Um, well, so, yeah, it happened. It, it happened, and we can get past tragic. it. But uh, so, we're, but, but just for. For, for just for a little bit of time, just for this little this like little part, we're gonna act like that never happened, and I'm gonna ask you totally for the first Absolutely. time. Uh, what was your uh, reaction like when I? Because I mentioned this comic to you, you had heard of it, but you didn't. You apparently you had no idea. Yeah. So what it was that it would that you didn't know it was about time travel. So you. So what were your thoughts going into it? while you were reading it and your thoughts after yeah i did not know that it was about time travel i uh, had had paper girls recommended to me uh independently by a number of folks and i looked up like the first the the issue like the first volume and saw the cover which is just you know it's it's girls on bikes one of them has a cigarette it's so it's you know edgy that kind of stuff and i it was expecting like okay 80s nostalgia type thing but uh you know, like a Stranger Things type deal. I can get behind that. That's a lot of fun. I'm all for. I'm a, I'm a kid of the '90s, not the '80s, so it's it's a little different. But uh, I can get behind that nostalgia thing. And then I went on Amazon to go order the rest of them, and I'm looking at these covers of these volumes, and it's like the second second issue is you know two versions of the same girl one of them's wearing a spacesuit and there's a pterodactyl in the background you know then there's another one the next one with a, a space woman and a cave woman at the same time and it it just gets weirder from there 
and I'm I'm looking at these covers and just getting more and more and more on board going like all right I can deal with this this is this is going to be great and I I still didn't know what was going on um but as I'm starting to read it you know the first issue they've already got these like alien looking dudes that turn out to be future teenagers which is just the best kind of like literal generation war where we have you know we've, we've got teenagers from the far future against like baby boomers from the near future uh, I say baby boomers even though they're probably younger than you know they, they would be re- literally way way younger than me but they're that kind of that generation of the you know conservative we need to maintain the status quo people and just uh, watching the relationships between these girls deepen and richen richen i don't know if that's a word um (laughs) be enriched and you see them you know figuring things out about themselves and meeting their you know most of them meeting their future versions of themselves and having how how that affects both present and future versions of them as they like each make each other better and how how the individual girls lift each other up and face all of these different adversities and overcome them and i just it was great and then it has you know just this this wonderful sweet melancholy ending that just left me uh, extremely satisfied and ready to read it again as soon as as soon as i have time like i i this is one that i know i'm going to come back to many many times over the years and i i cannot wait and i cannot thank you enough for pushing me to like pushing me over the edge to finally pull the lever and 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 pick these up yes it's perfect it is a joy so yeah, you mentioned the ending, and I just remembered. Um, I'm actually a little bit glad that we uh, that we didn't act that we only half recorded that first episode because we didn't really touch on the ending that much. True. Yeah. Or, or, we, or we, we didn't like like the very the very ending, which I wanted to. to yeah. We, we talked about like a little bit of like the first half of the of the last issue, mm-hmm. but we didn't talk about the very end, the very like the real ending right. of 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 the whole series. So. We'll get to that in a second, but I'm gonna check. Let's see how how are we on time? We're we're seventeen. I, I, we're probably fifteen. I, I've minutes been in. recording for seventeen and a half minutes, so we're probably about you know thirteen to fifteen minutes into the actual yeah. show. Yeah, we we did talk for a while before the show, but yeah, let's go ahead and just start getting the spoilers. Um, yeah, all the time travel. Holy shit! <laughs> so much time travel. It's just like that's that's like the. That is like the perfect uh, like description. Just like time travel, holy shit, mm-hmm. with this book. Yeah, because there's so because like I I love the uh, the structure of of the time travel in that um, you know you have them like every uh, every arc starts with um, a dream sequence and then uh, cuts into like whatever time frame we are, whether it's you know 1988 or it's uh, prehistoric times or it's you know the far future of 2171 or it's the or year it's, 2000 you know, the yeah or 2016 we get that too um can you you should cut in you I, should I, cut I, in a uh a, 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 a thing of the uh, flight of the concords the year 2000 
Oh, you yeah, mean right, right here? here? <laughs> the distant future, the if year two thousand. If I can find it, I will. I will absolutely the do it. Are dead. Um, Sorry. <laughs> uh, I love how off the rails this episode it's, is already it's, getting. Yep. This is. Just, this is gonna be the best. <laughs> is this a good podcast? Because. This is a great <laughs> podcast. To, to, to quote our friend uh, Scott Thomas. Uh, yeah, uh, fr- friends of the podcast, the Infinity, po- the host of the Infinity Podcast. Uh, yeah, having Scott on was great. I can't wait to have Rachel and possibly Patrick on the show. I'm pretty sure Rachel will Fingers come on crossed. the show. She she likes comics. Fingers crossed for both of them. I love them both dearly. Um, and Scott was just the absolute sweetest. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about That's Paper right. Girls. We're talking about Mac and Aaron and KJ and Tiffany. Tiffany! I, I love do. them all so much. Yeah. Um, but back to like the structure of, this, yeah. of the, uh, the way they structure the time travel in mm-hmm. each arc. So there are six arcs, five issues each. As I said, each one starts with a dream sequence. Uh, that then leads us into whatever time frame we're exploring in that particular arc. And each arc ends uh, with a time mm-hmm. jump. So the first arc, uh, you know, we start off with a dream. Usually the dreams are with, you know, whatever character, uh, you know, we're exploring in that particular arc. But with um, the first arc, and with the first and last arcs, you know, we're getting more into uh, the group as a whole. So with that first arc, we're exploring the girls all together because these are all, you know, brand new characters that we've never encountered. So we're, you know, learning about them, you know, all together at the same time. And then with each with each uh, of the next four arcs, two through five, we explore a different character. We would explore one of the girls. Right. So in the second arc, we time jump to 2016 and we learn about a lot about mm-hmm. Aaron with and uh, as she like you know learns a lot about uh she kind of like has kind of gets disillusioned by seeing her older self and her older self starts to you know realize that uh you know how kind of sad her life has kind of been because she hasn't had she never had those Mm -hmm. friends because you know and that, that that's when we get like the 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 beginnings of the planting the seeds of the of the amnesia thing that happens in the last arc right and then we, uh, after we get a 2016, we time jump to uh, like 11,000 BCE, and we learn a lot about KJ, where she uh, touches a fourth dimensional being, <laughs> and she learns that there's a that there's the possibility that she is a lesbian, and she learns to kind of let go, and 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 you know, uh, become more uh, become more vulnerable, and learn to get in touch with her emotions. Better guard down a little bit. Uh, yeah, and uh, and then also of course starts with Mac as she even after even before she finds out that she is supposed to kiss Mac at some point, she's already getting a little more vulnerable with Mac. Like you know when uh, she gets thrown into the river, KJ immediately dives into the river mm-hmm, to go after mm-hmm. her. Um, so then after, but after we, um, by the way, also quick point. Uh, we'll get to these characters in a bit, but this arc also introduces to introduces us to the two best characters or best supporting characters in this story uh the futures the uh woman who invented time travel dr quanta bronstein 
amazing best name. name ever and, for a uh, time traveler best name yes it's perfect just quanta already perfect um but we also meet uh prehistoric uh teenage mom wadi and her uh child her child japo so then at the end of this arc we time jump to uh as you mentioned the year 2000 and this is when uh tiffany meets uh her slightly older self in the year two th- uh, on new year's day of 2000 they also meet um charlotte uh i forgot her yeah, last name future jesse here her name is charlotte spachevsky yeah but the woman who uh she she writes a comic strip that uh like where she writes in code for the teenage time travelers because she's like on their side in the war and uh you know this is when tiffany kind of learns a lot learns learns a lot more about um learns a lot more about herself you know kind of in the way that Aaron did you know seeing her older self Tiffany goes through the same thing uh kind of real you know when uh you know Tiffany talks about how like she went to like school for business and realizes like you know when when she meets her younger self she's like oh my god I've I feel like I've like wasted my life because you know when I was younger when I was your age I wanted to be like an inventor I wanted to be an engineer and I wanted to do all these amazing things um so we get that and of course you know as they call her tiffany double o she decides she wants to time hop with them because she feels that you know if she doesn't she will continue to waste her life away uh even though she has an amazing goth husband i love that boy. it, it is then incredible. so at the end of this arc <clears throat> we then time jump to the far future of 2171 not so far future. It's 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 like a hundred years away. It's pretty good. But it's, it's yeah, and uh, this is when we learn a lot more about Mac, and she kind of goes through the same type of journey as KJ. Um, you know, in the last in the previous arc, uh, KJ reveals to Mac that she thinks she might be a lesbian, and it's, it's also worth Aaron and pointing out here that I'm sorry. It's it's also worth pointing out here that that Mac has the furthest to go on this front in terms of of acceptance when we first meet Mac the first thing the first thing that Max says when we first meet her in the story is that she calls someone a, a an a, a, an f bomb the one that we don't like to use that isn't fuck the um, homophobic slur yes and and she is very ignorant and homophobic you get the sense that it's because of her religious upbringing uh there there isn't really malice Mm -hmm. behind it other than just her parents told her that gay people were evil and she's internalized that um but she one i do i do appreciate that she uses this homophobic slur and in the very next page a character calls her out on that and says hey you can't say that that's not cool and it's it it's it's shedding a light it's showing a, a spotlight on the the fact that the 80s weren't perfect and weren't even really good for a lot of people but it doesn't revel in that or or mm-hmm. glorify that it's it it's a look back without necessarily the rose tinted glasses of of nostalgia on like yeah the 80s were not as as warm and fuzzy as we remember them there was a lot of of nasty shit going on um and it it calls attention to that without glorifying it and i appreciate that 
Yeah, Brian K. Vaughn said that about when he did this comic, when that uh, he, you know, because we, we've been in this resurgence. As you mentioned, you know, when earlier in the episode, uh, like this, this seems like, you know, when you see the cover of the first trade, it seems like it's every other kids on bike story. It could be, you know, the new It movies. It could be Stranger mm-hmm. Things. But it's not that because those stories... Um, even though I think they're good, like I mean, I can't say anything about the new, the latest season of Stranger Things, but of those Same. first two, out of those first two seasons, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what was going on in those in those first two seasons. Um, but you're right in that we we look at the '80s through these rose tinted glasses and think of it, and and we have this great nostalgia for this time period when, in fact, it was an absolute terrible time, um, especially if you were a member of the LGBTQ plus community, um, with the AIDS crisis Mm -hmm. and the just absolute bigotry thrown, thrown in their direction. Um, and of course, you know, through, you know, decades and decades and decades of systemic racism, uh, coming, especially coming to a head in that decade with, uh, Reagan's war on drugs uh, and we even get, you know, that one dream sequence with Ronald Reagan, which, which is so bizarre and it's very good. Yeah. And so bizarre and very emblematic of just how bizarre this comic gets. Um, so, but to quickly jump back, uh, so they explore 2171. Mac uh, starts to come to the completion of her arc where she start, begins to, she, like KJ, opens up, she becomes a lot more vulnerable, gets more in tune with her emotions, begins to understand people just as they are. Mm-hmm. Because as you mentioned, you know, she is she's really rough around the edges and and just has this very strict conservative upbringing. Um but you know, spending all this time with the rest of the girls, she finally really opens up and becomes a more empathetic hum- human right. being. Um, in fact, uh, when on, I'll quickly call back to, uh, the episode with Scott, when we talked about light brigade, I called that a dense empathy machine. And I feel that that definitely applies to this book as well. It is a dense empathy machine. Yeah. So at the end of this arc, we then get our second to last time jump but where all the girls get displaced in different right. points um and eventually you know they throughout this arc they each kind of come to the same realization in that you know time really isn't on everyone's side so really and in, in bronze and quanta bronstein puts it beautifully in I'm just going to kind of give like I can't say the exact quote because I don't have the the book right here with me but basically she says something along the lines of it really doesn't matter what you know how much time you're given it matter it really all it is is uh what you do with the time you're with the time that yeah. you have it doesn't matter what you know how much time you have it's what you do with that time and that pretty much sums up the themes of this whole series. Mm-hmm. So they all come back together uh, after, you know, being displaced. And uh, we get the realization that we get the revelation, which the thing is, I, my first read of this, I did not realize that this was a twist. I thought this was just like common knowledge, 
when reading it, but, um, like, uh, or I, or, or I'm sorry, I mean, let me back up. Uh, I misspoke. Okay. So we get the realization that like the quote unquote bad guy of the, of the series, uh, who we mostly know as the as grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, like the leader of the old timers, um, in the fifth arc, we get the we find out that uh, Wari and Quanta Bronstein, along with Japo, time jumped back into the future, and Wari was then kind. So then, uh, Bronstein raised Japo as her son, and Wari posed as his sister, and they and they grew up. Wari is now this you know. Very, this is extremely old uh, old woman living in a penthouse, and Japo has now become, you know, the leader of this like conservative time conserv- travel conservative. Like time yeah, time police. They're time cops. He's a time cop. He's the he's the time chief of police. <laughs> uh, that was a terrible that was a terrible phrase, and I apologize to everyone's yeah, ears. Yeah. Um, please forgive me. Uh, but we get the revelation but he gets the revelation so we already knew that in the fifth arc in the sixth arc in the second to last issue he like kj he touches one of the fourth dimensional beings and he gets he never knew that that was his life he never knew that you know the the very thing that he is fighting against is the whole reason that he Mm -hmm. exists and he gets that revelation, and he has that great line of, you know, the stones were wrong. Time isn't on anyone's right. side. And with after that realization, after that revelation, um, we then have uh, the clones of most of the girls. Hey, it's comics. We have to have clones. True story. Uh, they all shoot them with, uh, or one of them shoots them with an amnesia time travel gun, basically that places them back at the exact like at the exact morning they left but without any of mm-hmm. their memories any of the memories uh, that, that they acquired you know on this entire right. journey which you would think just destroys all of their character development but it's revealed in that last issue that they didn't really lose everything um, we talked about it uh, when we last right. talked about this comic that you know when you go on this type of journey when you go on this you know this basically this journey of self-discovery with other people and you learn a lot about everyone around you 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 may lose you know just because you lose the memories you don't lose the fundamental changes in your core right because these these experiences they they shape who you are and the type of person that you that you become but even after even if you don't remember them happening like you have still changed and your personality is still different and yeah there's going to be some regression for sure uh but it's not going to be total it's not going to be it's not going to be a complete regression because like i said you are different now even if you don't remember why you are different like i don't remember everything that has made me who i am but I'm still me, right? Yeah. That was really cheesy. Totally makes sense. <laughs> hey, we're all about cheese on this show. 
This whole show was built upon cheese. <laughs> we, we, are, we are sitting in a house. Its foundation is cheese. <laughs> it's a house of cards on a foundation of cheese. That's... Cheese. <laughs> that's, that's the new... That's, that's your, new, uh, your, your new slogan. Going on the Twitter bio. Comics Quest. A house of this cards is... built on a foundation of cheese. But here's the thing. You have to say it like you're Roger Rabbit. So you have to go... You just have to say it like this. It's a house of cards built on a foundation of cheese. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I am such a fucking dork. Okay. <laughs> so we've here. basically gone through the entire yep. story. Yeah, so... The, you know, uh, to kind of wrap up the summation of the entire series, uh, they've all been placed back in their original time without the memories. But again, those core changes ha are still there. Um, I think the best way the best way that that's shown is uh, with Tiffany when she wakes up. She's still uh, chanting what is kind of like the, uh, her mantra before she gets displaced and displaced back. She uh, keeps chanting we're not just paper girls we're friends and when she wakes up that morning having been placed back she's still chanting mm -hmm. it like she wakes up still saying it um and we basically take a journey back through that first issue but with a lot of with a lot of small mm -hmm. changes uh one of the major ones being that mac refrains from speaking that homophobic slur because she has learned she has grown mm -hmm. she has she has changed in her core and uh that's such a weird thing to say changing in your core i'm not saying that again i'm sorry everyone <laughs> <laughs> the thing is i have a podcast and i don't know how to speak words that's, honestly like that's all of us None of none of us can talk, it really especially is. on our own shows. I don't know why any of us have podcasts <laughs> because we we honestly think people want to listen to our dumb shit, and 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 then we get proven wrong. Like, oh wow, people do want to listen to our dumb shit. Fuck. It, we have podcasts because we are uh, young to middle aged white dudes with free time and love to hear the sound of our own voices. And I need friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of friendship. Friend, ah, friendship. Uh, Patton Oswalt <laughs> jokes. Because that's all my comedy. Anyway, the end of this series. Uh, they, they, again, they've all changed. Uh, there's So there's all these like minor changes to that same morning. And it, it goes a lot smoother. We didn't really touch. For sure. Yeah, it goes a lot. It goes there, a lot smoother, no, thankfully. No time invasion. Thank God. Uh, but you know, at the very end, something we didn't really we I think we may have mentioned, but we didn't really like actually specific. It's like like specifically say the very end of this, they almost all go their separate mm -hmm. ways. They almost do, but then Aaron decides you know there's something in her that realizes no we need to stick together so she says wait he says hey uh i don't know about y'all but i still have like an hour or so before i have to get ready for school do you want to just keep writing and they all agree and they all literally like right off into this uh, right off into the sun mm -hmm. together and with like this beautiful little moment right at the end where mac 
uh, hits KJ on the arm, <laughs> and she goes, "Ow, what was that for?" And she goes, "Yellow punch buggy, no punchbacks." <laughs> and then it ends on that beautiful, sweet, melancholic note. So, uh, and is yeah, is punch buggy a regional thing? Because no, because no. like that's the we, old... we had that. I'm a, I'm a West Coaster. And like we did the same thing, but it was very specifically. It was slug bug. It was not punch buggy. Slug bug was yeah. my thing. So, and I and I'm central. I'm I'm in Texas, and that slug bug. So was I'm, I'm wondering if if they just. I I don't know why they wouldn't say slug bug, or it. Well, I I know punch buggy. You do know punch. That's buggy. Okay. that's what I know. Okay. So I know both. So it is, so it is just a uh, this is like thing, the man. dumbest is conversation so, in the world. This is yeah. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> I'm so in love with it though. Okay. Um, well, uh, back to the back to the comic. Yeah, one of the major. So of course, one of the major things of the story is uh time Absolutely. travel. Absolutely. The major reason why I wanted you to read this because you know you're like it's the time travel guy. I know. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's your thing. You have a freaking podcast dedicated to it. I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about. What is that? What, what's who, a podcast? Who does, who does that? Who podcasts? Come on. What's podcast? I don't know. Moving on. Yes. There's a lot moving There's on. a lot yeah, of time so. travel in this book, which is great. It's exactly my jam and and I love it and they do it really well and uh Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Best staying in. Yes. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> they they do a lot of things really well with the time travel here. That is that is another thing. Like this is a great book, a great series. Just from from a storytelling standpoint, it's wonderful. We've already talked about all the ways in which it is wonderful just from a storytelling standpoint. Well, we will talk about a lot of them too. Uh, we haven't talked about all the ways, but we'll talk mm-hmm. about a lot of them again. We've talked about a lot of them already. But it's also mechanically really well done in terms of uh, in terms of like the rules that they follow and the way that they establish and are, are consistent with the, the mechanics. Even though it doesn't always seem like it, um, but when we, the reader, find more information out later, we know that we, it turns out that it, it does work. Um, there are, you know, they, they do a lot of smart things in, in the sense of, like you said, they always they always save their time jumps for the end of an arc or the end of an issue um, so that they so that we as the audience have a chance to digest what's just happened and think about what the ramifications would be and they as the authors have time to figure out where to go next and what the effects are on the rest of the timeline moving moving further upstream um can i can i can i blow your mind for just a second please please so i'm always here the the time travel that we that the type of time travel that they use here in in this is what we on our show call variable thread which is essentially a it's a it's a single continuity and when someone goes back in time they 
change it and and the continuity changes like the future is affected um as they go so the fact that the girls that we are witnessing the girls go through the events of all of this like nasty time war stuff but the but we also have a we also see uh the fact that the girls have already had their memory wiped by the time the the 88 girls meet their future versions means that this is happening continuously on a loop they've already done this there was a scenario in which it was fixed and then it broke again and they're fixing it a second time at least as they go through hold on a second i gotta go pick up pieces of my brain that you just blew because open. if it, it's the same type of thing where i don't know if i've mentioned this before but um the 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 movie that we see in the first terminator is actually the third loop it's the third time through the continuity bef- that anybody has happened fuck god damn it fucking and I can go into the specifics of that later if you want to, but uh, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you sit with that for a minute. Son of a bitch, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> okay, the thing is, when you said you're gonna blow my mind, I was like, okay, he's gonna drop some knowledge, and it's gonna, be, and I'm gonna be like, oh man, that's cool. No, you fucking <laughs> just destroyed my. Th- fucking brain cells individually like they each individually fucking blew up what the fuck man <laughs> and that's why you brought me here okay just because it's 8 30 where you are remember <laughs> it's 10 30 where i am it's late at night for me <laughs> i love it i love it so fuck okay <laughs> so yeah it's it's pretty standard uh variable thread where you know we can see the changes trickling through and we can see the events of the past start to affect you know the future we have um you know we we have weird artifacts in prehistoric times we've got uh because what they we haven't really touched on is that part of the you know these time rifts opening up and and some of the collateral damage of these the time wars between these two generations has been that some of the like future refuse has kind of been deposited back in prehistoric uh, prehistoric Earth, which the girls discover when they when they first go there and they see that you know the the woman you spoke about Wadi has like she's got a necklace that's made of just damaged circuit boards, um, the 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 neanderthals that are chasing after them pursuing them have like space like astronaut helmets and like the what we think of right now is the power glyph tattooed on their chest because yeah you mentioned you mentioned that i want to talk a little bit about this uh I love I love that idea like I love all the concepts they they uh, they introduce of having this like extremely retro feel mm-hmm. to 
a lot of the weird imagery we get. So, like, we have, like, a time-traveling blimp. We have pterodactyls, you know, with, you know, with, that are being flown by these dudes that have suits that look like they're, they should be worn by right. astronauts. And as you just mentioned, we have, you know, cavemen, you know, Neanderthals with, you know, with, like, space helmets and, and space guns. And, you know, it, it, it adds to this, like, you know... We know we've been going through this nostalgia, this nostalgia cycle from the '80s, and we're you know we you know we talk about how much we love the '80s. But the thing is, you know, we always have, you know, everyone has nostalgia for different things, and Vaughn and Chang and Wilson and Fletcher they weaponize mm-hmm. it in a way, and they decide no, we're going to like we're going to make everything have everything that's this retro look to where you know it you know no matter what no matter what time frame you read this you could be reading this you know when it comes out you know in single issues you can be reading it in 10 years 20 years 50 years from now and it will still look Mm -hmm. cool it will still look retro because you're melding all these different time frames together into you know, into like these iconic images. You know, again, like the, the the Neanderthal with a with a space helmet and a gun. The you know the time traveling blimp. I keep returning to the time traveling blimp because that is such a weird mm-hmm. thing. It is such a weird, weirdly specific it thing. It is. It's uh, also the particularly in like the the prehistoric time is a. It's a, it's a nice, clean metaphor in the sense that we like we're talking about you know how the authors are weaponizing nostalgia and how you know our we we look on the past with um with sort of rose tinted glasses but you know focusing focusing entirely on that is kind of detrimental to the present and to and and it doesn't really do the past justice either and this is a, a perfectly clear-cut illustration of that in the sense that these artifacts and in some cases these people are literally cast back into the past and they are living in the past and the past is now corrupted because of it and it is forever changed um, and that is going to have knock-on effects and negative effects on the present and on the future because of this obsession with the past, with dumping things in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, and, and, and um, something else that I, I feel, you know, going back to this, you know, some, a lot of things that are revealed throughout this particular arc uh, in prehistoric times, um, or actually, it's it's actually shown in the last page, in the last page of the second arc when they actually do the mm-hmm. time jump. There's uh the la- that last splash page where it reveals that the hill they're on, and it has uh that carving in the in the hill of uh like a beast holding up the mm-hmm. apple, uh the apple yeah. symbol because everything in the future just is is made of by course. apple. Um. 
So, but that, and, and but we talked about this before. That was like that's like a perfect metaphor for how we view technology. Mm-hmm. Like we just see technology as like a new god, and that we worship it, and we, you know, it's like we always talk about like, oh, I got I got to get the latest iPhone, or I have to get the I have to get the PS Five, and everyone's freaking out about that, and it's like, it's just new versions of the same shit. <laughs> But it's but, so pretty, you know, we get so JD. blind to it's that. It's so pretty. It looks like shit. <laughs> fuck it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck you, Sony. I'm sorry. But but but, sorry. but ray tracing. <laughs> so... I don't even know what the fuck that is. What is that? <laughs> I I mean I can tell you. Not if one you of you want, nerdy but... gamers. <laughs> Please tell me. Actually, I'm I'm actually curious because it sounds so, cool. So uh, ray tracing is a way of lighting a scene that actually. Uh, rather than just sort of approximating what you know what how to render um, light it actually will trace all of the rays of light from every light source across every surface even if it's off screen and uh, and and so light sources that aren't being rendered will affect the things that are so you you end up seeing things like better reflections off of uh off of water on you know underneath under streets um things that you'll see reflections of things that you can't see on screen um because they're being rendered automatically um you see it's it's basically like a a really really vivid way of lighting a scene that is the nerdiest shit ever and I fucking <laughs> love it. I love that. That is so fucking cool. Uh still fuck you, Sony. Absolutely. God damn it. I don't know why I, I don't know why I just I, I, I just like releasing all the anger on this episode <laughs> for some bizarre reason. I don't know why. Like, I have like a very sweet human to talk to, and I'm talking about a very good comic that I love dearly. And I'm just like, ah, fuck this and fuck you're, that. I don't you're know. you're uh, channeling Mackenzie tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I sure as shit am. Love it. Sure as shit. Sure as shit. Yeah. Sure as shit. That's, <clears throat> that's something I say on the daily that like I don't know why, but I just do. Yeah. It's just one of those weird phrases that I've just, like, come in. Like, I don't say Jesus Christ. I say Jesus fuck. Yep. I don't know yep. why. Yep. I don't know why. <laughs> I just do. Because I think I'm just, like, I used to say, like, ah, Jesus fucking Christ. And, but then, like, I just shortened I'm, it. I'm a fan Dude, of... Ah, Jesus I'm fuck. a fan of Jesus H fucking Christ. <laughs> That's just way too <laughs> long, though. You gotta, like, make it short and punchy. Yep, yep. yep. That's why Jesus fuck or just like Jesus. I, I actually do like most of the time what I will say it like my my expletive if I'm gonna take the Lord's name in vain is uh, I'll just I'll say fucking Christ like that's mine. It's like fucking Christ. You know I've actually said that too. <laughs> that's another one. fucking Christ. It's a good. It's a, that's a good one. It's it's, it's very mm-hmm. satisfying. It it very very. Apologies much to every devout religious person. I I know. <laughs> It's it was bound to happen if you're gonna talk true, to me. True, true story. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. We were talking about Paper Girls, uh, and and you know what we can we were talking we can tie about that girls. in because uh, you know who else is devoutly religious? All of the Paper Girls because they go to private schools like Catholic Christian schools. 
except uh, KJ does not because she oh, is that's Jewish. Right, you're right. KJ is Jewish. I take it back. I'm a bastard and a heathen, and I and yes. I'm going to burn in hell or whatever. We don't we don't tolerate Jewish erasure on this show. We don't tolerate anti-Semitism. Right. You look so sad. I am. I am. <laughs> I someday I'll forgive myself, but not this day. I don't mean I'm not forgiving you. I'll move past it for yeah. for the time being. You'll, 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 yeah. yeah, it's okay. Good. I expect you to hold. It's an honest mistake. It me happens task. because the rest of them, it's you know the rest of them a a, a bunch of Catholics, mm-hmm. bunch of. I'm not gonna say. It, anyway. <laughs> back to anyway but yeah you're right you're right like they're all like these devoutly religious yes young women we'll go with that they're devoutly religious and actually uh something i wanted we we we, you actually brought up last time so i'll bring it up this time uh it's something that's very weird about this comic that you know we're never that no one will ever get past i won't get past you won't and we'll never get past anybody is that this is a story written by a bunch of dudes about young mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. and it's and the majority of the characters are right. women so you know of course like in time you know there's the possibility there there's there's definitely the possibility that um a lot uh there, there are there a lot of women who look back on this book and say and eh, there's some things in there that aren't great or you know are not totally accurate and uh, and that's fine, you know, it, because you know we always should, you know, take a look back at, at pieces of art and you know re reevaluate them. Uh, you know, take a look back at them, reevaluate them, retextualize. Uh, however, I do I do enjoy that uh, they are not above that the that the creators are not above poking fun of themselves, um, as uh, it was mentioned in the second to last issue uh, when they're about to blast Aaron, the last girl, back to 1988, um, one of the clones does say, uh, when Aaron mentions uh, mm-hmm. Eve and the Garden of Eden, um, she says, don't worry, don't worry, I think it's like, don't worry, honey, uh, that's just a that's just a silly sto- or made-up story written by a bunch right. of dudes. I'm like, yeah, like they, like they, they understand. Mm-hmm. It's like, but it's just this story like I cannot imagine this story with men at the oh, center, no. with young boys. It would not. It would not work, because like this, like this is not you know, four men trying to write a story about feminism, mm-hmm. uh, or you know like or, or you know or whatever. This is just like this story just fundamentally could could only fun could only work with right. women at the center. Like if you try to shoot, like it just, it reminds me actually of um of David Cronenberg when he was writing uh his feature Rabid, okay. when he like he wrote that he just wrote it with a woman because he's like that just feels right it just I just can't see it with a woman with a man, um when he was writing his film Existence, uh he originally had the uh, the role of the game designer as a man and he just couldn't make it work but once he changed the character to be female. He's he it immediately made yeah. more sense, and of course we got the great role by Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, everyone go watch Existence; <laughs> it's a very good movie. Indeed, I will forever 
tell people to watch Cronenberg movies because his movies are amazing. Uh, thank you, Criterion Collection, for finally releasing Crash. I love Crash. Really? Okay. And I'm so glad that they have like the full-on NC-17 100-minute cut <laughs> because why would I want some goddamn R-rated 90-minute cut? No. I want my full-on NC-17 cut. <laughs> I want everything. The thing is, when I first saw that movie, I didn't totally understand it. I was, like, 17, and I was like, this is fucking weird. (laughs) They're all just, like, getting super aroused by car crashes, and it's really fucking weird. But I kind of like it. (laughs) And what really really changed it was I read... I actually read the book. I read the book. It made more sense. Gotcha, gotcha. That's what happens. It's a good book. Every, yeah, everyone go read the J.G. Ballard novel, Crash. I must be thinking of a... Uh, and also go watch I the film. I thinking of a different Crash film. Do, no, you're you're thinking of the 2005 Crash that is bullshit. Yeah, Fuck I, that movie. Because you're talking about how much uh, you no, love Crash. No, I'm talking Crash. about the 1993... And I, I'm going to like... No, I hate... No, the Paul Haggis movie. No, I'm talking about the 1996 masterpiece, Crash, written and directed by David Cronenberg, uh, based on the novel by J.G. Ballard, with uh, starring James mm-hmm. Spader, Holly Hunter, Elias Coteus, uh and Roseanne Arquette. That's right, Roseanne Arquette. I was trying to think. Oh, and Deborah Kara Unger. I can't remember. I can't forget yeah. her. Um, I know all this off the top of my head because I'm a fucking That's, It's nerd. amazing. Yeah, like I just pulled up the IMDb page and I was gonna help you, but I didn't need to. Music by Howard Shore, director of photography was Peter Zuzitsky, edited by Ronald Sanders. <laughs> Why do I know this? An amazing wow. Howard Shore score, by the way. It's phenomenal. Uh, there is act there the uh, Mondo, not like like a year and a half or two years ago, released um, the scores for Crash and Naked Lunch on vinyl. Wow, and they're so good. Oh, they're so good. Those two, and uh, the Naked Lunch score is in particular great. Uh, with um, Ornette Coleman, okay, played on that. Um, play, was on that score. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I highly recommend both of those movies, which you can buy very nice Blu-rays of through the Criterion Collection. Criterion Collection, please sponsor this yeah, podcast. I was say, use use the uh, use the coupon code Comics Quest. <laughs> <laughs> to save zero percent off. Yes, a comic book show, a comic book podcast should be sponsored <laughs> by a movie place. Absolutely. We're talking about paper girls. We, we sure are. <laughs> this is a pod, like how the Infinity Podcast used to be a podcast right. about Marvel movies. This is a podcast about comic books. <laughs> you should steal that line. They're not using it anymore. They're not. So this is a podcast about Marvel. Com- it really this, isn't a podcast about Marvel comics. This is a we podcast won't be about, talking just, about Marvel comics. Just eventually. say this is a podcast about comic books. This is a podcast about comic books. As a way to get back from your tangents. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Paper Girls. Paper Girls. Yeah. Uh, what else is there to say about Paper Girls? Um, the art. The art is fantastic. Is so this was phenomenal. my. Uh, this was my introduction to Cliff Chang. Um, I have since seen, like, consumed a lot of his art. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. And um, he, uh, but 
I did not realize before, you know, until after reading, until like while I was reading this, that he, uh, that he was the artist on Brian Azzarello's run on, excuse me, um, on Brian Azzarello's, uh, Wonder Woman run. Oh, wow. During the New 52. Yeah. Which having since read it, that's one of my, like, I'm not like the biggest New 52 fan, but that is one book from New 52 that I particularly love was the Azzarello Chang Wonder Woman run. Um, so that, that, that is actually a comic that may or may not get discussed on this show at some (laughs) point. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it won't, I'm not gonna say it won't. I won't say it will. (laughs) I won't say it won't. It's my favorite, uh, meatloaf line. I won't say it will, but I won't say it won't. There you go. I love it. It's my favorite meatloaf song. (laughs) I just, I, um, I, I just want to say how much it tickles me that you have a favorite meatloaf song. Hey, I love meatloaf. Honestly, uh, when I was so, the last, uh, the first, yeah, the first and third vehicles I had, uh, both had tape players in them. So I went, got to, I got, I got into this collecting phase where I, I collected a ton of tapes. Um, one of my favorites oh, no. to play was um, there it El- goes, and Son I lost him, and I lost him, and he's coming back. Hi, hi, <laughs> I lost you. Yep, but I'm back. That's okay. We can cut that little part out. Yep. Um, but one of my favorite tapes to play was um, Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which has since become one of my favorite albums. But another one of my favorite tapes was Bad Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell. Okay, okay. By Meatloaf. Uh, the song, uh, what was it? I, one of my favorite titles ever is not... I do anything for love, but I won't. But I won't do that, which is a great title. But the even better title is the next song, because that's the opener. The next song is "Life Is a Lemon" and I want my money back. <laughs> wow, I love that's Jim Steinman a... so much. That's that's amazing. Jim Steinman's the best, um, mostly because he wrote the greatest song of all time, and that is "Totally Eclipse of the Heart." Oh, sure, yeah. That is the greatest. Like I will stand by. I will stand by that. That is the greatest song of all time. Have you ever watched the literal music video for "Total Eclipse of the Heart"? I actually have not. Oh, friend! But now that it has been mentioned, I will be watching it. At everyone immediately after. At we every, are done everyone, recording. all of you out there, if you haven't, go to YouTube and look up "Total Eclipse of the Heart" literal music video. It is the funniest shit <laughs> no um but now that you mentioned it now all of a sudden i'm 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 only hi cat hi you just kind of popped out of nowhere yeah uh i was just remembering that one of my favorite uh like generic 80s videos is the video for close my eyes forever by lita ford and ozzy osbourne okay I just I really love that video because I I went through a Lita Ford phase when I was like fourteen. Like I, okay. I legit love Lita Ford. I constantly 
Like whenever something happens at, at like at work, uh, where everyone's like, "Oh, I forgot to do this," or "Oh, I didn't do that," I literally just go, "That's eh, all right." Like Lita Ford told us, it ain't no big thing. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I I am that person where I just on the daily quote Lita Ford's "Kiss Me Deadly." I love it, love it, because that's a very good song. It's a bop. It's a bop. It I went to a party last Saturday night. Is. I didn't get laid. I got in a fight. Uh-huh. It ain't no big thing. <laughs> so this is a co- this is a podcast about comic books. It sure as shit is, boy. We're talking about paper girls, man. Uh, we are. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about Matt Wilson. Matt Wilson. The colors are amazing. Uh, the colors are amazing. Because I love the fact that so at the beginning of this book uh after the dream sequence which is extremely colorful mm-hmm. uh it it's has a very muted palette mostly purples and blues and blacks uh to, to kind of give off this very just kind of mm-hmm. low, like almost like a very low like i'm trying to well let's find my words here it, it's dawn basically it's it's early morning mm-hmm. they're there it's like you know four or five o'clock in the morning it's it, it's barely light out so it's it's a nighttime scene and so that's what we have those purples and blues and little bit of pink um but mostly just kind of muted dark cool colors right and then as all of the uh for lack of a better term all of the weird time travel shit happens uh, that's when the colors really begin to pop, mm-hmm. and this book is problem is the main reason why uh was like the first reason why Matt Wilson has since become one of my favorite colorists like working today like it's him and Dave Stewart who I uh mentioned in our episode on the on DC the New Frontier, mm-hmm. uh Mike Spicer who I mentioned on the Murder Falcon episode, um. And Jordi Belair, who I assume will, uh, I will eventually talk about her on this show as well. Um, but Matt is just doing just ace work. Was just doing some ace work in this book. Absolutely, I I love it. Yeah, and and I really like the fact that they managed to give each era its own color scheme, so you could tell just at a glance. Like there there are scenes where. You know, there are some pages where it jumps between all four girls in four different time periods, and you know instantly which is which and where each one is. Like, the, the prehistoric age is all, like, greens and browns and, you know, yellows. Yeah, very and, earthy tones. Right, and and the, the futuristic, uh, like the 2147 is again with the purples, but you also have a lot of these like yellows and reds and bright whites uh, coming through. And like the far, far future is all pink and uh, like pastel blue and things like that. Um, you know, and, and, and I think 2000 is just kind of gray, dull with some reds in there. And, and it just again it's it's very evocative you get immediately get a sense of the space that you're in and eventually the time that you're in to where like i said you can look at any one panel and immediately know when they are which is 
not easy to do and they pulled it off brilliantly yeah i i absolutely agree so i, I i'm gonna say um we should probably wrap this up because we're, we're having some weird technical difficulties all of a sudden <laughs> we are yep and and at this point it's more tangent than discussion oh yeah so. it is uh the, I, I i i fully i full i take full responsibility for that because i am the tangent king i am the tangent king i am the i love tangent. it i am the tangent. i feel the power the power forgive me a cruel chuckle what power power hey i wanted to have a robin hood reference god damn it all right all right i'm sorry for the anger I mean, you're not cutting my heart out with a spoon, so. Not yet. Not yet. I know where you very live. Very true, very true. <laughs> Do you, though? Vancouver? I I mean, yeah. Sure. That's true. Vancouver's, a, Vancouver's kind of a big city. Is it? It's, 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 well, let me rephrase that. Vancouver's a big suburb. <laughs> Speaking of suburbs, uh, please read Paper Girls. Like, if you're if you're at this point in the episode, yes. and you haven't read Paper Girls, what are you doing? Go go check it out. It's amazing. Go Thirty it. issues, six it's trades. It's right there. for you. Just and it's, it's wonderful. so good. I recommended it to Jesse, and he finally <laughs> finally read it, and he's just like, ah, it's amazing. It's my reenactment of. I understand why everyone loves it. It's my reenactment of you, like that. That's exactly how. Like, it ah, it's amazing. Yep. Like you're getting attacked that by it. A, that was a perfect. That was a perfect impression ah. of of me finishing the last issue yeah. of the last. You said volume. finishing, Just, and I was like, exactly "This is gonna go in a weird direction." <laughs> and it almost yeah. did. Speaking of finishing, uh, <laughs> it's time. Is it's plugs time, Jesse? Plugs, Plugs time. time. Tell me, uh, what 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 are you doing? Where can people find you on the internet? You know what what, what you got? Yeah, uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at the Dapper DM. Uh, if you if you like the sort of time travel stuff we did here and want to hear more about it, you can check out my podcast, which is called Recorded Tomorrow, wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, you can reach out to the podcast on Twitter at Time Travel Pod. We recently just did an episode uh, about Bill and Ted Face the Music, and we got to talk to friend of this show, Scott Thomas, along with uh, one of his co-hosts of the Infinity Podcast, Rachel Schenk, and uh, Spiros Michalakis, who is a quantum physicist and science consultant on the movie, on Bill and Ted Face the Music, and also Avengers Endgame. Uh, that was a mind-bending episode, and uh, it's a lot of fun, and I recommend you check it out. Sweet. I love it all. And, uh, and also because uh, the whole reason that we connected was because of the Film Rescue Show. Also check out all the episodes that he's done. Uh, he was on there for the Back to the Future trilogy. He was on there yep. for Southland Tales. Fuck that movie. He was on there for uh, The Fuck One movie. Uh, with all the butt rock. All the butt rock. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and you so also, um, I, I'm assuming it will be out... Uh, by the time this episode drops, you were also on for the YouTube channel. You did a quick fix of Skyline, which I'm very excited to we to watch did. when it drops. Uh, so check all that stuff out. It was it was a good one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
all of those. Uh, I also made a brief appearance on an episode of, uh, or on on their episode where they did. Uh, Terminator That's right. Salvation. You did mention that one as well. Yep. Uh, and if if we're talking about other, just all the different podcasts that I've been on, uh, I I was on a couple episodes of the the Chip and Made This with Chris Chipman. Uh, I I did a shooting the shit. Really, really, you, you now is the time to. <laughs> now's the time to climb up on the mattress all right whatever i Absolutely. uh <laughs> there's a, a cat we're all having right cat troubles here uh, i did an episode of yep of shooting the shit with him and scott thomas i did an episode of talk busters with him uh and then i'm a frequent collaborator on the school of movies podcast which i was just talking to jd about uh earlier it is a really really great uh film analysis uh podcast they've been going for like 12 years and uh you should definitely check absolutely yeah so uh yeah now that it's time the for the end of the episode i'll uh spew all my bullshit so if you want to follow the show on twitter you can follow us at comics quest show if you want to follow me on twitter you can follow me personally at jd martin or shit sorry at JD underscore Martin underscore because there are a lot of JD Martins out there. I don't know why, but that's just the way it goes. Uh, I also want to give out a huge, huge, huge thanks to my buddy Dan Purcell uh, for the amazing theme song. Uh, you know, even though this is dropping on, you know, uh, at the end of uh, the, the month, uh, he did put out an amazing song uh, for Christmas called It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, it's one of the few Christmas songs I will indulge in because uh, Christmas is just has just been <sighs> this year. Uh, yeah, and then also um, I uh, you can also if you want to talk to us about comics, but also movies and music because I've started those channels. Uh, you you can also hit us up in the Discord. Um, I finally updated the link, uh, so it works now. Yeah, there is Yay. a working link in the uh, show's Twitter bio. <laughs> uh, so yeah, come come talk to us along with a bunch of other people. You can talk to Parish, uh, f- who was on the Murder Falcon episode. You can talk to uh, Nick, who talked with us about New Frontier and Marvels, and uh, a lot of other people. And also, look forward to all the episodes that we'll be doing. Uh, so this is the last episode of the year. So coming in the new year, we're talking Ooh. Superman smashes the clan. We're talking Batman universe. We're talking black sad. We stand on guard. I'm still planning my Scott Pilgrim extravaganza. We're talking, and um, I plan for a <laughs> lot of other, I plan to finally get into some Marvel comics. We're talking black widow, she Hulk Punisher. And uh, I plan for some other Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yes, absolutely. No doubt that is going in. Um, at some point, uh, Case Aiken will be on to talk uh, a few things like Squadron Supreme. Uh, where we will be eventually talking, uh, like well, I'll, I will eventually be doing like a mini series on like the status of superheroes in the '80s because for like there was like this weird <laughs> time period in the like this weird thing in the '80s with like you know I'm running a comic a comic a podcast about comics. I feel like I ha- kind of have to talk about certain things, so look forward, or look forward, or maybe mm-hmm. don't look forward to those. Live your live your truth. It's okay. Uh, so with that <laughs> said, 
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you, Jesse, for agreeing to come on the show uh, and being very flexible with your time. Uh, it's just, it's an, it's an. <laughs> thank you for having me, and thank you for bringing me back after I didn't record the first time to have this conversation. Hey, you again. know what? Anytime I get to a talk to you <laughs> and b get to talk Paper Girls, it's a good time. No doubt. So, uh, with all of that said, again, to whoever is listening to the show, thank you so much for taking the time out, listening to the show. Um, I also have never said this. I'm going to go ahead and say this now. Um, also, you know, subscribe to the show, wherever you listen to it, uh, rate review, uh, please. That really helps. Um, do it. Yeah. I have like one as I think as of recording, I have one rating on, on, Apple Podcasts. Thank you, whoever did that. Uh, I've won, and I'm like, ah, it's amazing. But I'm okay. I'm stalling. I need to get to the end. Uh, but th- again, thank you so much uh, for listening, uh, and just have a truly wonderful day. Bye.